Welcome to the Inner Athlete Podcast, where we discuss all things youth athlete development and youth mentoring. What's going on, Zoe? Not a whole lot. How are you going? Yeah, not too bad. Been doing some boxing. Boxing? Yeah, loving it. Yeah, I think actually I enjoy it um, quite a lot because it's quite um, mentally challenging. It's it's not as simple as it looks. I think people just think that you're just you know flexing and wailing and throwing punches you know here there and everywhere. It's actually I like it because it's almost like a game of chess. You make one bad move, you're gonna get you're gonna get messed up. Have you got messed up yet? No. <laughs> I'm practicing. I'm only like two months in, so. Okay. Um, just learning the skills and really enjoying the process of learning new skills and um, especially coming from a contact sport background playing rugby league and whatnot it's something I actually particularly enjoy is, is like learning some different skills um, I th- when I thought I was okay at throwing a punch and I was like mm, probably not so and like because I've, I've been taught like because the instructors there are really good and one of the members here is into martial arts he's been um Show me some, you know, some little tips and watching Mike Tyson back in his heyday, especially when he was, or even when he was a junior as well. That's actually really cool. And, you know, I was 13 years old and he was a prodigy at that age and he was, you know, he was already jacked as it was and, you know, he was world champ. I think he was 21 when he was world champ and I was like, oh, I have no aspirations to become a world champ, but <laughs> I just enjoyed the process and watching him and I like to emulate his style to some some degree as well. Fair enough. Enough about me though. <laughs> Um, but we actually, you know, boxing is actually a relevant sport because it actually kind of ties into, or a lot of combat sports have this issue as well. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, Red S. Mm-hmm. Now, what is Red S? So, Red S is relative energy deficiency in sport, which was previously known as the female athlete triad, but has now been proven that it occurs in male and females. So, that's why we've kind of moved on to a new term. But it's basically overtraining and underfueling. So, where there's not enough energy available to perform the work your body actually needs to perform. So, especially when individuals are completing a lot of sport, they need to eat a lot more for their bodily processes to actually occur and function. So basically, it used to be known as the female athlete triad, yeah. and they thought specifically it was, it was associated with females, but now we know it's, that is not the case. It's basically a general term when athletes tend to underfuel themselves in order to perform, and this is pretty prevalent in actually quite a lot of sports that are um, where body weight becomes a bit of an issue. Right, so I think of like um, um, long distance events, um, so cycling, uh, running, swimming, they're like your key ones, mm-hmm. um, there's gymnastics or anything that you have to have a specific shape or size or, yeah. you know, where a specific shape or size is um, c- not congratulated, it's not the right term. But idolized. Idolized, yeah. yeah, I would say that Idealized, well. yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Or kind of like that's the kind of the norm. Yeah, essentially, yeah, yeah, that's it. They, they push the norm um, to having a certain body shape, and you know, reduction in calories is seen as the the quick way of getting there. Combat sports is another one as well, where it can be quite dangerous, um, but that is becoming a bit more calculated in terms of how they do it as well. Um, but yeah, I guess why is it an issue, especially with young athletes? Why is it an issue today? Yeah, well, so obviously, if you're not consuming enough energy for your body to function properly, then a lot of different things can come from this. Something common is estrogen levels can be really low, which has an impact on our bone health. And so stress stress fractures can become really common. And even just the menstrual cycle obviously is not ideal to be losing a menstrual cycle, but 
hormone functioning as well can be decreased, which has a huge impact on training, a huge impact on lifestyle and just overall bodily function and well-being. Um, another thing is mood. So low estrogen and testosterone levels can really impact your serotonin uptake, which is a hormone that makes you feel happy. Feel good. Yeah, feel good hormone. Mo- motiva- I think motiva- uh, and then, yeah, feel good. Yeah, yeah. So then can impact on your drive, your motivation levels, basically just a lot of different aspects of life because obviously we need energy for our body to function and then that gets everything going as well as our brain as well. Because if it's associated with motivation to complete tasks um, and that, if that's on a decline, we're not likely to do things and that becomes like the merry-go-round that you're stuck in or that perpetual cycle that you're always stuck in in order to get to not, you, know, you won't get things done mm-hmm. essentially. So, um, and how does this really play out? And um, on, on a, depending on the order of the podcast, but I'll, I'll give an example. So personally for me, I suffered a knee injury I won't go too much into the story, but um, I felt like I was in this. I was kind of like, I, I didn't need to drop weight essentially, but I ended up underfueling myself because I wasn't doing as much physically physical activity, physical activity. But I was overtraining as well at the same time, um, and as a result, I felt depression-like symptoms. Um, I was I was tired, lethargic, and just didn't really perform well. Then I took a break from training ate a little bit more, my energy levels got back really quickly. So I kind of caught it quite early. And so for some people, this could be months, if not years, mm-hmm. of experiencing experiencing um, red S. Um, and it can be quite crippling and debilitating um, for some people. Some people will end up in hospital um, as a result for malnourishing their body and their body is just trying to run on fumes, essentially. Yeah, and if you think about it, so your body obviously needs energy to fuel everything but if you think about it as in your blood flow and your energy is going to be redirected to the areas that needs to be worked needs to be used so if you are overtraining, all this energy is going to go to your muscles and then your organs and your hormones and all of that sort of stuff your isn't brain. receiving and the brain isn't receiving the energy that it needs so then these processes are going to slow down a little bit and then when that happens so many different issues come into place as well. Yeah, and I'll give you an example. So, on a previous podcast, I spoke with Nathan about, you know, you know how strength training stunts your growth, right? I'm like, that's absolute BS. It's only if you excessively load them over long periods of time. The other, the other way that you can actually stunt someone's growth is actually through nutrition deficiency. So, whether or not they get enough energy, also enough micronutrients as well. Mm-hmm. And that really does affect kids negatively. You go to... Um, I guess like um, African nations where food is very scarce and nutrient-dense foods is quite scarce and you'll notice that the kids are quite malnourished um, when they're actually growing up and remain quite thin and, and frail mm-hmm. um, as a result. But they have, but they do adapt to the um, situation and their environment. For us, you know, in Australia, you know, where food is quite bountiful, um, we kind of make that active choice or deliberate choice not really based on any specific guidance or based on what's been popularized through social media or, you know, a certain athlete follows this diet or whatever it may be rather than looking at the individual needs. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, so this can come up in conversation quite a bit where especially youth athletes are so curious about what to eat, what's the best fuel for themselves, how much to eat. They don't know. They might think they need to be lean. But we always 
go for you want to be eating the rainbow you want to be eating all the different so protein carbs everything like that but you also don't want to be cutting out absolutely anything that's deemed as unhealthy because we need to be eating enough energy and i think for some of our lean youth athletes they might not be eating enough which also means they need calorie dense food so i think it's a common it's a common theme for those who are striving to do really well in their sport to be like i need to cut out everything Mm. or i need to be eating a strict diet but again we need to be eating enough we want to be eating quality but we still need to be eating enough food yeah quantity needs to be there as well yeah um, and we say this all the time we um when the kids come in for the first time you know we get them filling a food diary some kids really severely under eat mm-hmm. you know by a lot because they eat maybe some very nutrient dense foods and kind of miss the point so what we've done in the past is we've kind of just have discussions okay cool if you're training you know for a swimmer right because we look after a lot of swimmers if they're in the pool you know 10 12 hours even 14 hours a week mm-hmm. then they're in the gym you know two to three hours here as well and then they've got school they got social life they've got school sports you know it's a lot of physical activity and a lot of brain power required throughout the day or even just through not just yeah throughout the day so we've got to make sure that we number one in order supporting that energy demand but number two supporting the energy demand for growth and development as well especially for Everything. the younger teens here that you know at the early stages of puberty their energy requirements do increase over time mm-hmm. and that's something that does get neglected or not not deliberately neglected but it's just not understood whether it's because of a lack of education in our school system or parents just don't understand because of lack of time or something like that i think we need to go back to back down to bare bones and teaching people how to you know what is a good day of eating actually look like for a youth athlete and in conjunction to what they're doing throughout the day yeah and that's a whole big thing so one of the big red flags is feeling really tired and also just the low drive and the low motivation so then if a child or a youth athlete is feeling like that instead of just thinking are you getting enough sleep which is obviously very important but the food the food is so important to be figuring out if they're eating enough and i think another thing that kind of is brought down through parents is oh are you eating that much or are you eating like not enough but it's just it needs to be the open conversation and it needs to be kind of worked out together yeah some some parents have um it's 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 more about the way they put it with some parents it's more about it's like come on you gotta eat this and there's no like real justification behind it mm-hmm. kids want to know why they won't ask why but they actually do want to know why so if, the, if you tell them why this is going to make you big strong blah, blah blah it's going to help you recover and perform then they then then a, you know a couple of hours later they experience that they actually felt pretty good mm. didn't pull up a sore great we're in a great position they understand there's buying and you've seen a cause and effect yeah with that if you're just saying like you just got to eat it because i said sorry that, that you know teens you know they're smarter these days you know that shit won't fly yeah. Um, and unfortunately, of course, some level of resentment is like, I'm going to eat less because I just don't like, you know, the, the what's been said about it or something like that, or I just don't understand or whatever it may be. If kids understand, if the majority of kids understand, this is just, this is the general rules. There are some exceptions to this. If they understand why and the needs and they and they feel it um, in their performance or the recovery, and the buy-in's there. So that's one way to actually rectify that one. Absolutely. And we have muesli bars here at the gym so many of our athletes have noticed that it, they might come from school and they might not have eaten something. It's like, okay, have a muesli bar before you start. And they know immediately that they feel so much better. 
Yeah. So it's just simple fixes like that. Yeah. Simple inclusions. I know some of them made requests for like up and goes <laughs> and Chibanis and I'm like, all right, maybe down the track. But <laughs> Stay posted. Yeah. Well, well um, yeah, well, that's a goal. And, um, but I'll save that one for later. Um, then I think the other one is a lack of drive from the athlete as well when they're experiencing um, red S or they're, they're laser focused on specific things or on just training, 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 training. They're not having a life outside and, you know, we can't make training our life or we can't make a sport our life because what happens when the sport's taken away, whether it's through injury or, you know, you don't get selected and all that jazz, and, you know, your identity is completely tied up in that. So mm-hmm. that can be another um, red flag in terms of the drive. But I think this is more for the guys is kind of like that, the arousal of that drive that they they get as boys. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, that feeling of, um, yeah, that feeling that, that boys will, will get as they go through puberty, if that doesn't drop or does, or does drop and, or doesn't even occur, then usually they're going to be in some sort of um, um, energy deficiency um, specifically with that. Yes, that's another thing. It's not just females, like the female athlete triad. This is males and females because it is both hormones. It's estrogen and testosterone levels can be low, which impacts everyone. Yeah, so, and specifically boys that want bigger muscles, they're going to make sure they eat more. It's, mm-hmm. kind, it's pretty simple there. It keeps testosterone real, um, high with that. Um, and testosterone, obviously, you know, it's very anabolic in its use um, helps us to build cells build, um, build tissue recover um, it just kind of it basically just makes boys boys again boys to men essentially um, with that which is why some specific things to look out for so if it's reoccurring soft tissue injuries but also if you feel like your training isn't progressing so if you don't feel like you're growing or you don't feel like you're getting stronger that could be due to low testosterone levels as Trent was just saying yeah and and that's obviously associated with diet as well. Yeah. And, and look, at the end of the day, we usually say, can you get your sleep under control, your diet under control, your training volume mm-hmm. um, under control, um, and your frequency as well, um, and stress and manage stress. And if you've got those you know, key pillars in place, and we, we have regularly talked about this you know, with our members here and even a little bit on the podcast, if you can get those pillars under control, then a lot it will actually clear up a lot of issues. And for us, and especially working with a lot of female athletes and swimmers here, you know, working on their diet has actually improved, helped improve their sleep in terms of just making you know better choices and modifications. Eating more protein helped with their recovery as well, because a lot of the girls were under eating protein, so it's helped with their recovery. If not, it's actually helped them actually, you know inadvertently they've dropped weight their performance has improved and they're eating more so the the body is actually starting to run on all cylinders so we're seeing completely when we make minor modifications kind of the manifestation later on down the track with their performance and just the way they feel yeah and as i always say open conversations but you need to be speaking to your coach if you're feeling any of these red flags we've been talking about and whether it's mood whether it's drive whether it's feeling tired because hopefully your coach is aware about all these different things as well and you can work together to kind of figure out what's going on you can go through every single little thing you can go through your sleep you can go through your nutrition you can go through each aspect and work on it slowly and then kind of figure out what's going to make you feel better and where you can actually go from here 
Yeah, so start with the low-hanging fruit. What can you immediately change? Most people, it's diet. Most mm-hmm. people know that diet is trash. As soon as they start tracking it, it's like, mm, this is really bad. <laughs> I probably should make some changes here. You start making some changes, ask some people that understand you know, good nutrition practices and go from there and just slowly build up and do one thing at a time and slowly and surely you'll know what works, know where to spend a bit more of your time rather than just be going straight to a specialist or an endocrinologist. Like you, you should only go be going to like a specialist if you haven't really dealt with the obvious stuff first and most people don't do a quick self-audit if they're doing the obvious stuff yeah. well at all. Yeah, and that's it. Because So, Red S has been showed from recent studies that a lot of individuals, a lot of athletes experience at least one of these symptoms. I think it was 15 to 65% of athletes in these studies showed at least one symptom and I think it was above 50% showed at least two symptoms. So it's not like it's not common at all. Mm. So most athletes will obviously experience stress, will probably have a bit of issues with their eating, whether it's enough, not enough, not knowing what to do. It's just kind of like a working process. There is no definitive answer to, oh, you have red S if you've got this. It's more of a, what can we focus on? What can we kind of work towards? if we're experiencing a few of these symptoms. Yeah, and it's not a quick fix. You got, no. you got into this problem and it took a long time to get here. It's going to take, uh, a, yeah, it's not going to take as long to get out of it because you've got more awareness around it, but you just got to give it a bit of time and patience, but then obviously tracking that over time as well. Mm-hmm. But from an individual perspective, what can we do? As I continue to say, <laughs> conversations. Um, you, it's really important to have a trusted coach whether a sporting coach we know is a lot focused on the team but if you can find a strength coach or a PT that you can just talk to about all of this sort of stuff obviously they're in this industry because they know about all the different pillars of health they want to help you they want to work with you to do all of this so you just need to have someone that you can ask lots of questions with and kind of monitor which is another thing Tracking your exercise and tracking your nutrition might be necessary, might not be. Exercise, definitely. But if you can track your exercise and see where you're going over a long period of time, and then if you want to track your nutrition as well, and then you can see the differences. If maybe you've increased your exercise intensity and your food stayed the same and you're feeling tired, well, maybe it's because you're not eating enough. Or if it's the other way around, if your food stayed the same, but you've increased your exercise intensity and you're feeling tired, maybe you need to increase your nutrition, your food intake. Yeah. Cool. It's all those small changes. Uh, and for parents, I think the biggest thing for them is, I don't, I don't, oh, I don't know because I'm not a parent myself, <laughs> but a lot of parents do work full time as well. And I think it'll be worthwhile is to monitor the times that you actually are with them and having using that as a bit of a yardstick of seeing how they're actually feeling and performing, whether you go to trainings and you're observing how they train, talking to the coaches, that'll be, that'll be an obvious obvious one, that'll be a really good one actually. Um, but then at dinner time, how, how's their mood? Yeah. Are they, are they very conversational? Are they talking more? Are they talking less? Um are they eating more? Are they eating less? You know, what's their mood around the table as well? And just monitoring that. And it might be something as, you know, as a parent, you might just take a note and just see if they're eating all their food, you know, at a one, two, three. You know, one is barely enough. Number two might be, you know, normal. And three might be a lot more than normal. 
and then, then you can see you have some sort of data over a week or a couple of weeks or something like that their mood um, you might just mark that at one, two, three again as well. So one is quite of their normal. Number two is normal. Then number three, you know, they're chatty Cathy for some reason. I don't know. They maybe had some caffeine or they're at the mate's place and had, you know, half a bag of lollies. I don't know. Who knows? Um, I think mon- having some way of monitoring and keeping inventory of all this um, data and tracking it, then you have more evidence or more or bit more of an understanding that things are not quite right but you may not know where to go as of yet as well so talking to the strength coach um not the strength coach talking to the sports coach potentially sport talking to the sports trainer there as well and start to become a bit more educated as yourself as a parent i think is a good understanding and you know i've referred you know parents to watch and listen to oh sorry uh, listen to other podcasts uh, whether it's Eric Cressy, you know, for baseballers, you know, we've got a young baseballer here, you know, talking about, you know, athlete development specifically, what we should, what the parents should be focusing on to help their kid to flourish, um, whether it's ours or whether it's someone else's and providing resources or just, you know, quick sound bites, you know, to the athlete. I think that's, a, or even to the parents and just, because what we do is, as well here, the parents, we write um, parent reports every quarter at the end of each term and we just basically write down um, three things that we've noticed in terms of progress, how they're progressing. Um, then we actually ask for feedback from the parents. And like, what are what are some key things that they th- think or feel that they're not seeing, um, or that they still feel like their that their kid is struggling with as well? And then how we can continue to support them as well, because ultimately they're training here, oh, they're coming to train here in order to get better. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, as a parent. You know that your child is not going to listen to you all the time. That's teenagers. (laughs) But it needs to be open. And you don't want to be the one telling them, you should do this, you should do that. You kind of want them to initiate it as well. You just kind of plant the seed where it comes to something like food at the dinner table. If you're wanting the kid, your child to eat more, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to force them to finish their plate. You might just have different options because at the end of the day, you want them you want the best of them. Yeah, and an easy way is, well, don't let the inmates run the asylum. That's why I tell, <laughs> that's what I tell a lot of people here. I always, always take charge, but there's a few ways that you can feel like you're giving initiative to the kids when it comes to making food choices or something like that. Number one, get them coming with you as well. Get them mm-hmm. choosing what they might like. So whether it's like a muesli bar or yogurts or something like that, get to choose the flavors that they like. So if they're more bought into what the process and where the food is coming from and where they're getting it from, and they've ma- actively made that selection. They're going to be there's going to be a high degree of um, uh, compliance mm-hmm. with that. Um, and number two, when it comes to making dinners or lunches or something like that, you know, I started making my own lunches when I was in grade two. That's another story for another day. Um, but when it comes to dinners, right, giving the kids the option of A and B, we can either this or that. That's it. I'm not having you know takeout or anything like that. I'm making this or that. Mm-hmm. What do you want? The power of choice as well. Yeah. And giving them the bit of initiative and, and choice in that. Then if you want them to try something a little bit different or a little bit new, right, you might do the same thing. You might repeat that process. Like, we're going to try this or try that. Yeah. Yeah. And then it. you just go from there. Um, yeah, we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Okay. So, overall, the things we're going to look out for is obviously sleep and nutrition 
and then recovery wise we just want to make sure that our athletes are feeling their best so if you notice that anything is slipping that's when we just have the conversations about kind of overall overall well-being it's not like you necessarily are going to be able to track at what point something's happening but it's just the overall well-being that we can then work towards yeah cool um that's it sweet Uh, if you like this please subscribe um we're on youtube and spotify um please like the episode as well we want to be able to get this information to out more parents we think it's just such a neglected area and people don't realize until there's an actual problem with this um if you do if your kid does experience any of these signs or symptoms you know please you can reach out to us and we can point you in the right direction on where to go and who to speak to as well um but other than that we'll see you on the next one thank you you have just listened to the inner athlete podcast Be sure to subscribe to stay up to date with the release of weekly episodes. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram to get great tips on all things youth athlete development and youth mentoring.